Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Folks, there is football on right now, real live football, featuring a team we don't like. I got my new football shirt on. You can oh, you can't see it there. Sunday Night Football, old logo. I got it when I was in New York. I had to. Pat's got his podcasting hat on, so you know what that means. We're here to talk Patriots football. Because obviously, why not? It's a team you love to talk about. It's a team everyone loves to give their takes on. But who's going to have the best takes for those teams? My man, Pat Lane, right here. It's football season, Pat. How are we doing? Not about that, but uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, uh, I'm liking I'm liking the football season. I'll tell you what. Uh, the Bills look pretty darn good that first drive. And I was like, oh, boy. And then they've turned it over a few times and put the ball on the ground a little bit. And it's uh, – it's been kind of an ugly game, which is kind of what I expected. Week one is so hard. I, mean, I was talking to someone about this today. Like, you know, if you're in like a knockout pool or something like that, it doesn't just pick. Don't get cute with it. Just just pick the teams you know that are going to win because week one is ugly for everyone. So it's like just pick the teams and get out of there. Like the Ravens this week are like everyone should be pounding the Ravens this week because it's the Jets and they suck. And, like, don't overthink it. Like, don't take the Dolphins and give the Patriots. Because, like, yeah, the Dolphins should win. We'll talk about that. Maybe they should because it's in Miami. But, mm, I don't know. It's week one. You never know. So, like, don't don't try to get cute with it. It's it's going to be ugly in week one. That, that's the thing. It's just it, there's always those, like, unpredictable games, too. Like, I remember survival last year on a whim. I was like, all right, I'm not going to get too cute with it i ended up taking houston week one in survival last year just because i was like you know what that unexpected always happens that's a thing with week one everyone's trying to figure themselves out but at the same time too i love how buffalo's this team getting all this like super bowl talk and they haven't even ascended to the mountaintop i think the last right. time they happened i was you're gonna hate me for saying this but i was like a, i was a baby i was like a, i was i was like this little i was like this this little yeah yeah and they're getting all the hype. Meanwhile, the team that's had all the hype for the last 20 years, for some reason, is supposed to go from 7 and 10 to 10 and 7 to some reason going back to 7 and 10 or 6 and 11 or 5 and 12. Say how you want. Yeah. I, I, I just want to say this for everyone out there that are kind of doubting the Patriots. Give it time because if you make a bad take about it, chances are you're going to be wrong. Listen. I mean, this is, it's really simple for me. Like you just look at it and say, this is the perfect scenario for the Patriots. This is, this is what they do. What they do is they get into situations where everyone doubts them and everyone says, yep, they're done. They're cooked. Belichick doesn't have it anymore. The Patriots suck. Mac Jones, meh, but he's got no weapons around him. The defense, there's no one good, but they got no talent, all this other crap, right? You hear the people. You hear the people, oh, they shouldn't have had any top 100 players in the NFL. There's no talent on that team. They suck. They, they, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, what happens if they go to Miami and win? Now what? Now what? Now what's the – now what is it, right? Now it's all, oh, well, Miami sucks, and they didn't take – and so it's like, you know, I, I really think people on Monday are going to be scrambling because they're going to be like, well, I thought you know, the Patriots aren't good. What what happened? How come they won in Miami – Miami's supposed to be really good. They just picked up Tyreek Hill. They're supposed to be amazing. And the Patriots won. What, what's going on, right? Like, you know, and, and so I think that that's kind of, that's going to be the narrative on Monday is my opinion. Now, I don't think they're going to blow them out or anything like that, but I do think that this this team is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. So we'll see. You, you know what? That's the thing. Like, people are just being like, 
I don't know where Omak doesn't even play with. It's like, okay, yeah, him and Kendrick Bourne seem to be clicking very well last year. I don't know about people outside of the fantasy community, which I know you're very strong in. And by the way, we'll get into this later, but you're you're going to be zero one after this week in one way or another. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when you look at like, oh, Ramondre Stevenson's going to be this. They're going to be having I what I believe they'll be using two uh, more two tight end sets. Yeah. The defense. I think last year everyone makes an anomaly that because they got their asses kicked in the playoffs, it's all of a sudden it's downhill. Meanwhile. With the linebacking core, sure, we don't know what exactly to expect out of it. It's not like this team, and I'm going to say this right now when people saying that they're going to be like 7-10, and 10, if the Cam Newton Patriots somehow went 7-9, and nine, I there's no way this team is losing more than, I'm not losing, I'm going to say, I'm going to put a positive spin, I'm going to put a glass half full because that's the kind of guy I am. There's no way this team is winning less than seven games. There's right. no way. I just can't see it happening. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, yeah. Cam Newton couldn't throw the football. Couldn't like legitimately couldn't throw the ball and they won seven games with him at quarterback. I mean, it's just like, you know, and I know it was an anomaly and I know they played, you know, whatever, but like, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Like at a certain point, you just look at it and say like, that's outrageous that they were able to do that. Right. So um, I just think, look, defensively and the questions, it's funny because everyone's talking about the offense and no one's talking about the defense and everyone just kind of says, well, the defense sucks. They just, they get no good players. They have JC Jackson. That's it. He's gone. So now they don't have anyone. And I actually think the defense is more talented than it was last year overall as a unit. Now, like the rece- the the corners are a great example. The cornerback, I think the cornerback room is better than it was last year. I really do. Right now, Stephon Gilmore, of course, was there at the beginning of the season. He didn't play, but people thought he was going to play. So, of course, like if you had had him and, and, and Jackson, that's really good. They, he didn't play. I don't count uh, Stephon Gilmore for last year. I just don't because he wasn't there. Um, you go top to bottom based on what they had last year compared to this year. It's not even close. It's it's better than it was last year, in my opinion, because you add in Jack Jones, you add in Marcus Jones, and I just feel like they're better overall. And Jalen Mills, Jalen Mills, and Phil Perry talked about it. You know, Jalen Mills has been the MVP of the team so far, not even, not even offensive or defensive, just overall, the guy was dominant all camp against the Patriots, against every other team that he played against. He was dominant against everyone. Even when they went up, they went to Vegas and played Devonta Adams and he had some solid reps against Devonta Adams one-on-one. So uh, people are sleeping on this defense. Look, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't force a punt against the bills in every non hurricane game. They played the bills last year, which was two. They didn't force a punt. That's undeniably true. hundred percent. But they were lacking speed and athleticism. That's they went out and got speed and athleticism. I don't know what else you want. Like they're going to be better this year. They're going to be. And they were pretty damn good last year. It just sucks that like, and I know you're a big guy, a big fan of this guy too, but it just sucks that guys like Ronnie Perkins, we're not going to be able to see them again this year, just obviously on the IR. But then there's guys too, like Jabril Peppers. I'm excited to see as well. Uh, Raekwon McMillan. Oh, no, that's Miami. Ray, oh, what's the, no, no, you're right. Ray, Raekwon right. McMillan, my bad. Ray. Raekwon Davis is the Miami player, I was thinking. I was thinking my Raekwon's mixed up there. Oh, okay. Raekwon McMillan, uh, Mac Wilson. Um, yeah. People seem to forget about Jawan Bentley. Christian Barmore is going to be a stellar defensive tackle. And also, too, here's the thing as well. I don't think that gets recognized enough. The I'm not calling them top tier. But Dietrich Wise and Mister, I just I love the, just the sack celebration. Matthew Judon, one of the best Patriots, just for all, like just overall character. Those guys, besides being characters, can ball. Yeah. That's the thing; they can get to the quarterback. And Dietrich Wise, I know he's been getting a lot of him and Bentley been getting a lot of praise lately internally and from the local media. That these are guys that people weren't sure about at first. I know. Keegan said the same thing too, where like it was always, oh, we don't know what happened, but they've really improved and they've really shown that, hey, they can be solid contributors on this team. And when you have that, they're not going to be, I'm going to say this, I don't think they're going to be like a pretty football team to watch, but it's not like this defense is going to be going out there costing them games. It it probably will happen because it happens to every team where they have a bad defensive game, but they're not going to be hot garbage or anything like that. Right. And that's that's really what it comes down to. You want your defense to keep you in, in games. Now, the question becomes, how, can they force enough turnovers yeah. to you know to help the offense? And that's really what it becomes. But again, the thing for me is that if you can get off the field on fourth down or on third down, I'm sorry, then it's kind of like, well, okay, if you can get off the field, 
then it doesn't really matter whether you force turnovers. And of course, it helps the offense if you can clearly. It helps the offense if you can force turnovers. And I do think guys like Jack Jones and Marcus Jones can contribute to that at some point this year. But you know, I am I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But I do think they have plays. They have players on the field that can make plays just with their speed and athleticism. I think Kyle Duggar is going to take a leap this year. I think I'm excited to see what Josh Bledsoe brings. Uh, I don't. He popped up on the injury list today, so he may not play this week, but he might. I'm not really sure. We'll see. Peppers is a guy that you mentioned. Like, I just think, man, that guy, he was just flying around the field at all times. Like, you know, they they don't they didn't have a guy like that last year, right? Just they didn't. And so now they have him with Duggar, with McCordy back there. Like, it's gonna be really fun. I think they're gonna be a fun defense to watch. I really do think that. Uh, yeah, I just think. You know, you mentioned Bentley. Look, man, Bentley's a guy. They drafted him instantaneously. I fell in love with the guy. He was a three-year captain at Purdue. Every single thing you heard about this guy, you know, from from everything was was awesome, right? And um, who was the kid? What the hell was his name, man? His last name, I think, was Trent. Kyle Trent? No, Tristan Trent. Tyler Trent. That was yeah. it. Tyler Trent. Amazing story, right? Alabama comes in. And it's like the Tyler Trent game. It was, and State. it was Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State comes in and Purdue beats Ohio State at home. Like Ohio State was like number two in the country or something like Water that. And they beat him game. at home. It was unbelievable. And Tyler Trent dies like, you know, six days later or something. Like that. It was crazy. It was one of those things where they won it for him. And, and it was Bentley was one of those guys. He was he was that guy who like held the room together, was like great friends with this kid. And and of course the kid was super inspirational on his own. But you just saw, I mean, a three-year captain, a sophomore, becomes a captain, uh, you know, of a Big Ten football team. That's no joke, right? Yeah. So, like, so you start to look at it and say, like, okay, this guy's a leader, right? And he's done the same thing when he's been in New England. Judon talked about it during the offseason. Of course, he's a captain now. Like, I just think he's taking a step forward, right? Uh, Hightower's gone, yep. right? He's not here anymore. He's now the Hightower, right? Now, the question is, Hightower, when moments mattered, he stepped up and made big plays. But he had lost a step. He lost it. And he, I think he knows that, which is why he's not back, right? So, you know, it's one of those things for me that if he can be that kind of field general um, on the field this year and kind of rein those other guys in and just you got to let Mac Wilson run around like crazy. You got to get let Raekwon McMillan run around like crazy. Those guys have outrageous athleticism. Run around like crazy and let them make plays. And, you know, I do think Josh Huchet, look, man, I, I don't know if you don't let Josh Uche cook, right? What are we doing here? Right? He does like it doesn't, it's one of those things, man. Like, I just why is he on the team? Why is he on the team? If if you're not gonna put him out on obvious passing downs and just say go get the quarterback, why the hell is he on the football team? Because that's all he does. He does it really well, but that's the only thing he's capable of doing. So don't try to say, oh well, yeah, you can't set the edge. I don't care about him setting the stupid edge. Get after the quarterback because that's important. You put him on one side, you put Matthew Jr. on the other side, you put Christian Barmore in the middle, right? And maybe you put Sam Roberts in the middle with Christian Barmore, and now you have two explosive guys in the middle and two explosive guys on the outside. Who are you going to double team? You can't double team them all, right? And so now you look at it and say, we have a legitimate pass rush on third down where we can get after the quarterback. Okay, if they run it to the outside on third and seven, that sucks for us. We're probably going to give up five yards. But it's third and seven, so it doesn't matter if we give up five yards. So it's like that. that's the stuff for me where it's like, don't overthink it. Just put him on the field to rush the passer, and he's explosive when he does that. He just kind of sucks at everything else. So it's like that's all he can do. That's the thing, too, and we haven't even mentioned guys. like That's the thing. We didn't mention Sam Roberts. We have yet to mention Adrian Phillips. Right. McCourty's still an anchor of the defense. I know he's older now, and I know Jason just retired, and Jason entered the NFL a year before him. But there's still guys that are vocalists. It's still that you need that heartbeat. Every Sunday, it's Devin McCourty hyping up the DB room. And it's like those things I feel like aren't that noticed as Josh Allen does Josh Allen things on my TV. Um, you need that character. You need that vocal leader. I feel like that goes so unnoticed to where it's just you got to hype the guys up. But at the same time, it's like we said. This defense is nothing just to stalk at. Just because they lost the one game and Bills fans wanted to make their silly little shirt with the seven drives on it and celebrate a wild card win like it's a Super Bowl. Yeah, sorry, it's Bill Slander. It's a Patriots podcast. Um, right. This team, I'm not. We're not, folks. I'm just gonna say this too. We're not here saying we're gonna be winning the AFC East first seed. 
This is going to be a team, though, that come Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, that is obviously the mix-ups, that is going to be in the playoff hunt. And if you're an NFL fan, that's all you can ask for your team is to be in the hunt from basically American Thanksgiving till the end of the regular season. That's all you can ask for. Right, right. And that's, look, I mean, you know, the Patriots aren't winning the division. The Bills are too good. They have too much talent. It's true. It's okay. It's all right that that's the case right now. Okay, Josh Allen might be the best quarterback in the league. All right, that's what they got over there. They got Stephon Diggs, who's one of the best receivers in the league. They got Vaughn Miller now, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league. They got Tredavious White, one of the best corners in the league. They have two phenomenal safeties. Like, they have a really good team, and that's okay that they have a really good team. It's okay. But the key is, and like you said, Griff, just compete. Just compete, even if you don't win the division. Just compete, and this team is set up to do that. I think Mac Jones is going to take a step forward. You listen to Tom House. Now, of course, Tom House worked with him, right? So he's a little bit biased, obviously, right? But still, you listen to Tom House and the way he talks about him and the way everyone that's around him talks about him. He has some of that Brady swagger to him in the fact that he is a psychopath, right? Brady was a psychopath when it came to competing and it came to being the best at everything. Brady wanted to be the best at everything. It didn't matter what it was. He wanted to be the best at it. And Mac is that way too. And that, I think, is a great thing for you. And by the way, now, Mac ran this head the same 40 times as, as Patrick Mahomes. You saw him a little bit running. He's got some wheels. He's not like the fastest guy in the league, but he's got some wheels if he gets out into open space. He can kind of accelerate and pick up five or six yards before he slides down because he's not a running quarterback. But he can move a little bit now. He's not going to be throwing on the run like crazy, like like Josh Allen is or like Lamar is or, or those guys. But still, I think he has a little bit more of an athleticism than people give him credit for. I just feel like you're going to be in a position to compete this year. And oh, by the way, you have like $85 million in cap space next year that you that you have open. So now you look at it and say, okay, if Matt can take a step forward this year again, and Tyquan Thornton can come back and contribute a little bit, and he shows us something. And Jonu Smith has a better year this year than he did last year. And Hunter Henry continues continues to improve, and Kendrick Bourne continues to get better. And by the way, Kendrick Bourne is twenty six, so like you know, it's not like he's some old guy, right? No. So he continues to get better, and you know, Devontae Parker can stay healthy this year. And so these guys, like now, and Austin Agor leaves after this year, right? So now you say, okay. We got a ton of cap space. We can go out and make some moves. We can bring some guys in if we want. We could say, oh, you know what? We have, after this season, we realize we're missing this piece. Let's go out and get it. Let's get the best guy in the market at that spot, right? And that's what they did in twenty in 2021, and it worked. They went, they went from a 7-9 and nine team that stunk to a 10-7 and seven team, which, you know, by the way, Belichick doesn't get enough credit for 2020. It really doesn't. Like, the, that's one of the best coaching jobs of all time. But, but nevertheless... To me, I think that that's really what I'm looking forward to. Look, this year, and no year is – Belichick's never going to punt a year, okay? No. It's never going to happen. But I think you look at it and say, yeah, can we compete for a championship? No. Right now, we're competing to try to make the playoffs. That's what we're trying to do. Next year, the hope is now we're back to competing for a championship, right? That's That's what I think where we're going to be at. Okay, compete for the playoffs this year compete for a championship next year right and then that's kind of the growth that we're looking for now will that happen we don't know of course no one knows but the way things are lining up it seems like that's the direction the Patriots are heading in and uh you know and Bill's Bill's not going anywhere he's not leaving until until he passes you know uh what's his name Shula right with the Cheatriots the whole Cheatriots thing and and whatnot I'd let the bad taste in his mouth there's no way he's retiring until he passes Don Shula unless he drops dead on the sideline Bill Belichick is going to pass Don Shula no matter what so that's just the way it goes and so uh so we I you know don't expect to see Bill walking away anytime soon so he's setting this up for the future not just for 2022 he's trying to set this up for the next three years and you look at the drafts 2020 draft and by the way 2019 draft has got, got some players in it too but the 2020 draft, the 2021 draft, and this year's draft look like all look like, and of course we haven't even played a game this year, but they all look like good drafts, right? They yeah. look like guys that can play. And that's how you rebuild your team from within. 
And then you bring in some big name free agents, and all of a sudden you get yourself, you know, a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, because that's the thing. I feel like next year everyone's going like, oh, who's this? Is this? It's just like, yeah, remember the Patriots have all this money to spend next year. I'm not 100% sure who's going to be out there next year. Like how I knew last year, hey, um, Devontae Adams was a big free agent. I had a feeling he was going to leave right. Green Bay just because he wanted his bag. And also the one thing I, when you said Tom Brady about being a psychopath, it takes me to, I've quoted this with you and several other people, just a chapter from the Jeff Benedict book. I don't remember the year, but it was a Monday night game in Miami. They got their asses handed to them. He didn't even, he got basically, they get off the plane. The the bus takes them from the tarmac to Gillette. He literally went inside and started watching film. One thing with Mac, I think that's going to start to get noticed is his weight loss. I know that's something that some people say, oh, hey, it's just like losing weight. I think it's something that's not being discussed enough. I think it's one of those things that's really going to help impact his game in a good way. I also think, too, that like you also saw the words on my mouth with the uh, Nelson Aguilar stuff. I think this year he's gone. It was just, a, it is what it is. He's not, he's not a good receiver. He's not a bad receiver. Um, I have I have high praise for Kendrick Bourne as well, but the big guy for me is still Jonu Smith. I'm still trying to figure out him. I think he could potentially have his first like breakout year. I'm not saying he's going to be like a top five tight end in the league or anything. I'm not saying out here saying you know what, hey, next Darren Waller, but he can be a solid contributor. I made this comparison with um, McGarvin, actually Patriots POV about a month or so ago. You probably know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, not the Boston Tea Party of the early 2010s that had a very, very, very emotionally sad ending for obvious reasons, but like a lesser version of what Gronk and Bennett were in like, the, you know, the 2016 season. Because I still feel like yeah. that doesn't go unnoticed how much, how good Martellus Bennett was for the New England Patriots. He was fantastic. He was fantastic. I mean, that's... he only had the game when he catched in the Super Bowl. Right, right. And so, so that's the, that's the thing for me is that, you know, I think I agree with you. I really do believe that, you know, John, who's going to have a much better year this year. He's more engaged this year. He was at spring practices. He's there. He's going to be a big part of the offense. We did the over-unders and, and uh, Matt's at the over-under at 30 receptions for him. And I, I said over, um, but I think it's going to be more than just receptions. I think it's going to be he's going to be involved in the offense a lot. They're going to want to get him the ball in space. They're going to want to throw some quick hitters to him. He's going to run some jet sweeps. Like I just think they want they want the ball in his hands because he's a playmaker. He can he can do stuff with the ball in his hands, and you can't put a linebacker on him because he's too fast. You just you can't right. So now you got to you got to devote a safety to him. So okay, now you devote a safety to him. Great. But now, you know, that takes that safety now away from other people, right? So, um, and then, you know, if you have Aguilar, if you were to put out when Taekwon comes back, Aguilar on, on one side and Thornton on the other side, well, now what are you going to do? Because you have to put a safety in the middle. You, theoretically, you want to go too high because if those guys both run deep, they're going to beat one-on-one coverage because they're too fast, right? So those are the things for me where, like, this is where the offense can really take off. Um, and I, I do think that I expect – I expect Mac to have a pretty good year, and I do think that John is going to be a big part of the offense. I think you're, you're totally right about that. Also, to the offensive line, I know the Cole Strange pick was kind of criticized, but you know what? At the same time, too, so was the Kyle Duggar pick. I remember I had people saying to me, oh, he, the Patriots just took him on a win because Xavier McKinney went right before there. But in reality, no, Bill knows what he's doing. And it's not like there's any offensive linemen that are drafted like slightly after him that I think are going to be that you know crazy impact, that like crazy – like. You know what, like the comparisons, like how the Jalen Rager or the Jordan Love, how it was the whole, oh, you, but you could have had X receiver or Y receiver. I think with him, he's a guy that has a chance to shine. I think David Andrews still a hell of a center. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Marcus Cannon, though. That's something we haven't even touched down on yet is the fact that he um, he's on the practice squad again. I think there's a very good chance he's elevated because, for the love of God, if I have to watch Durant or Kajus play in a regular season game, so God help me. So God help us. And also one of the player we even mentioned, but signing a new contract this offseason, but Devon Gotchow. So yeah. there's there's just there's too many players to where it's just good. And the only other point I want to make about 2020 quickly, that team should have been four and twelve. They should not have won the New York Easily. Jets Monday night game. Yeah. They should not have they only beat the Cardinals solely based on the fact that Isaiah Simmons had that stupid, unnecessary roughness penalty when he knocked out right. um when he knocked Cam out of bounds. 
And also to remember, they beat the Chargers 45 to nothing that year. I know the Chargers were bad, but Justin Herbert won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he put up a good seg against them. And also, Herbert's two worst games have happened to come against the Patriots, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and that's – I mean, look, the Marcus Cannon thing is interesting because you bring him back, and Isaiah Wynn is a guy that I really thought, you know, I'm like, okay, Isaiah Wynn's got to have something, right? He's got to be – and he just – He's just unreliable. You just absolutely can't. You cannot rely on him. You got to dump him at the end of the year. I do think, I do believe that picking up his contract was the right decision because (laughs) it's $10 million. The tackles get paid more than $10 million. Like, you know, they just fly off the shelves at over $10 million. So it doesn't matter, right? So that's the thing for me. Now, He's just sucks right now. And and not that he sucks. He just can't play. Right. He's just always hurt. He's super unreliable. So you bring a guy like Marcus Cannon in, and you know, Cannon played four games last year, but he was out because of he had a back injury. And he looked okay in those four games that he played. He's not great. He's not better than Isaiah Wynn. He's not better than Trent Brown. But he's probably better than Yasir Durant. Yep. Right, he might be as good as as uh, Kajust. Now, I we haven't seen Yadni Kajust in an actual game. Somehow, he's a real person because they drafted him and, and he never played for like three seasons. She wasn't here, right? Never practiced, never played. But it seems like he's healthy finally, and maybe he can actually be pretty good. He has he has athleticism. He has the athleticism to play in the in a wide zone system. Um, that doesn't mean he'll be good at it, but like he might be. So I'm okay with with saying, hey, you know, if Cannon can't go, let's see what Kajust has. And if he sucks, well, we got Marcus Cannon waiting in the wings now because he's on the practice squad. So I do think that, like, and you can just plug Marcus Cannon back in, yeah. right? You can just plug him in and, and kind of go from there. And I do think, I think offensively, people are blowing this way out of proportion. I really, I really do. I, I think that they're they are changing the offense, and you know, they're telling you they're changing the offense. All the players are saying it's a new offense and everything's different, and that's true. But at the same time, and this, this this is my biggest pet peeve with it. For 20 years, Bill Belichick walked into a game, and you had no idea what the Patriots were going to do. You just never knew. You never knew what they were going to do. One game, they ran it every time. One game, they passed it every time. One game, they threw it to Edelman every time. One game, they threw it to Gronk every time. One, time, one game, they handed it to Damian Harris every time. You never knew. You never knew what was going to happen now. They're just going to line up and run the same 15 plays all game long. I just, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't see that happening. Maybe it will. But I just feel like, you know, he's changing what he's done for the last 20 years. It just seems strange to me that that would be the case. Now, you know, then this argument and Phil, Phil, you know, which is going to be out Friday morning, but Phil made a great point where it's like, if you don't change the offense and you're just adding things in, doesn't that make it more challenging than it already was, right? So, which is a good point, right? Does that yeah. defeat the purpose of what you're trying to do? And I get that, but I just feel like, at a certain point, like they're just not gonna, they're not gonna be a team. I, I feel like the Rams every week they just say, "Hey, we're better than you. We're just gonna line up, run our plays. You can't stop us. Just is what it is, right? We're better than you. We're smarter than you. We're gonna line up across from you, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna run the same plays every single time, and you can't do anything about it. Like, and that, you know, sorry, papers aren't like that. Okay, yeah, no, no, for sure. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I thought you were done. But it's like not even still, and I'm gonna make another quick shot. I don't see their world being where Mac's going to have an interception like he did against the Raiders. I don't see that happening. I think that was just, you know what, it's a preseason game. That's the thing. Everyone likes to freak out about this. And even to more than anything, it was really the Bart Scott takes. It really was getting me irked about everything where it's just like going down. Cause you can kind of tell when certain people just have legitimate, like a legitimate issue with the Patriots where it's just like a not like, that's why I feel like also too with the bills, like I got all the love is kind of souring. Cause it's like, for years, it was like the villains, and all of a sudden, here comes a good guy. But with with this team as a whole, though, I just it's like it's like we say, you can't be worse. Plus, the other reason why I'm going to say this too, and everyone might call you crazy, one of the four teams in the AFC West is not going to be good. One of the four of those teams mm-hmm. is going to struggle. Why? Because every be the Broncos. I have Broncos. Personally, I have Broncos or Raiders. I I had my AFC preview show. I actually had. Guess your show, Greg. Uh, Greg Thompson on. Uh, Greg Thompson on Cover Greg Cover One was on. Love we're that doing guy. Bills. Yeah, and basically we were all saying, like how you know it's always don't get a bet, bet against Brady. We're all on the same. Do not bet against Patrick Mahomes. 
So we saw the Chiefs winning that division, even though, oh, the Chiefs are there. And by the way, my Super Bowl right now is Chiefs Bucks. I know it's unoriginal, but I just feel like there's a world where Patrick is going to prove it because no one's talking about him right now. Isn't that wild that a guy who's been to the AFC Championship game four seasons in a row, he's an afterthought right now. And that's the other thing, too, with this AFC. The South, I think I, I, I'm, I'm going to come on record right now, and I've said this before. I, I only think the Colts make it. And then with the North, Pittsburgh's in that same position as we are right now. That's why next Sunday's game is much more intriguing, in my opinion. I think this game's intriguing on Sunday just because it's Miami and it's at test, which I'm going to – can I get one thing off my chest quickly? Do it. For everyone bitching about, oh, the Patriots went down to get acclimated with the weather, South Beach flu, they're training an hour and a half away from Miami. Guys are not booking it to South Beach after practice. No, Belichick's probably got a lockdown. Hell, right. it's a random Division II school. It's not like they're at the U or anything like that. So let's just let's take a chill on that. I even did the Google Maps to the stadium on Sunday. It's an hour and a half drive. So that's the one thing I want to say about that. The South Beach thing, I don't think the heat, it's a desperation move. I think it's I don't mind it. It's like in 2017, I remember the Patriots played the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. They stayed in Colorado the entire week before because guess where they were going the next Sunday? Mexico City. Mm -hmm. What happened in Mexico City? The Patriots kicked the shit out of the Raiders. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying it's not a desperation move. It's a move I understand. And I also said this too. I'd much rather go to Florida now than in December or January. Absolutely. 100%. I, I couldn't agree with that more. And then also... By the way, my aim is coming up here at the end of the year. So that that always helps. I just think, you know, for me personally, like the people that are poo-pooing it, I just like I don't understand. They're like, well, they've never done it before. It's like, well, for years we've been saying the Patriots suck in Miami. So now you're criticizing them for trying to do something different than what they've always done. What? Like, what wait a second. Like, it's just it's one of those things for me that, you know, um, I just don't – I just look at it and just think like, okay, if that's the case, then what – like what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? So um, I, I just – I I don't know what – I don't know what else to say about that. Like I don't know why you'd be pissed about them going down there or why you'd say, oh, it's a, screw Bart Scott. Like I'm not even I, – I don't even warrant that man with it. He's, he's, a, he's a moron. But, you know, it's – it's one of those things for me that I just I just think like, yeah, of course. Like you suck in Miami every year. Maybe since you have the time, go down there early. Why not? Yeah. You know, like and, and just and bear with the heat and deal with that humidity. And it sucks playing. And by the way, the Patriots played in, in hot weather, you know, during training camp too. But it doesn't have the humidity that, that South Beach does. But still, you know, they dealt with that stuff for a while too. So it, it that's one of those things for me that I just think like, look, man. You know, it's nice. You build a little camaraderie down there. When you're down there together, you lock them up in the hotel rooms. You say, hey, where it's a business trip, blah, blah, whatever. So and then you kind of go from there, you know. So uh, I think I think they're going to be OK. I think they're going to be just fine. You know, and, uh, and I, I again, I told you, I think they're going to win this weekend. It's also like two and three months from now. Guess what they have to do? They play Arizona on a Monday night. What are they going to do? They're going to fly back to Boston. No, because that'd be stupid. They're going to stay out there that week and then they're going to Vegas. Because they're going to get acclimated. I know it's a little different because it's Christmas time, but still, things like that. And even too, I like that's another thing I want to add in there quickly too. And the other thing too with this team, if the NFL didn't think they were good, why are you giving them not only Thanksgiving, but three consecutive primetime slots right after that? It's not oh Patriots Bills. Like, yeah, it's a cool primetime slot. That's a bit of a revenge game. Um, it's going to be great to see them win against the Bills and their mighty reds. I'm just going to throw that out there right now, the mighty red throwbacks, which last on Pat off air earlier. That'll be the game I'll be going to. Week five, I will be in Foxborough where I, I don't know if I'm, I, I got to buy a red jersey. I don't know if I'll be wearing it to the game. I have a Mac Jones one that I want to wear, so we'll see. But that's the thing. They have those primetime. They, they have five primetime games this year. They yeah. have five. They, I'm trying to remember what the fifth one. Oh, right. I, Minnesota. I Minnesota Monday night. Oh, the Bears Monday night. That's right. The Bears Monday, Monday night, which I don't know. I'm <sighs> well, Mac Mac versus Justin Fields. You know what I mean? So yeah. it is. I mean, look, the, the league knows. They know. Like the Patriots are going to be competitive. Like they just they're going to be. This is what they do. You know what I mean? And, and people are going to question them and say, oh, they stink. And Belichick doesn't have it anymore. And, and it's just like, no, they're going to be okay. And look, is it okay? Is it okay to to question them? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I wrote an article. 
I wrote an article after the Stefan Gilmore trade saying it was the worst move in the history of Belichick. In it, it's the worst move Belichick ever made as a GM of the Patriots. I remember it's the worst that move. Right? And I got killed for, oh, how could you say that? He was never going to play. And then I said, okay, now choose J.C. Jackson. Then they didn't sign J.C. Jackson. So then I said, oh, my God, like, would you? what the hell are we doing, right? Now everyone gets upset at me that, you know, that I'm negative towards the Patriots. And I'm like, well, but then you're pissed at me when I'm positive about it, too. So what do you want me to do? Like, it's just, you know, like, I can't, I can't be negative. I can't be positive. But it just, it is what it is, right? Like, I just, I think that this team, overall, the talent that they were able to bring in, makes them a better team overall than they were last year. Did they lose some pieces? Of course, right? But I think it's a net positive when you lose Donta Hightower, Jamie Collins, and Kyle Van Noy, and you bring in Raquan McMillan and Penny Jennings and, you know, uh, and Mac Wilson. I think that's a net positive. If only for the fact that although Hightower could still do it, he was too slow. Yeah. He could see it. He couldn't do it, right? And and the only example you need, and I the example I keep coming back to, it's a perfect example, is the long touchdown run by Jonathan Taylor that sealed the Colts game. Patriots gonna win that game. Yeah. Patriots gonna win that game. It's third and six or whatever it was. And the hole opens up to the defensive right, and it's right there. And Hightower just couldn't get there. And because he was late getting there, he left that cutback lane wide open. And Taylor cuts back and it's like to the house, right? And and but if he's a half a step faster, he makes that tackle. If he's half a step, half a step faster, he makes that tackle because McCordy is expecting him to be in the cutback lane because McCordy went to the outside. He's expecting Hightower to go to the inside. But Hightower had to bust his butt to get over there because he's not quick enough to get over there anymore. So he overruns it, right? If he gets there a half a step faster, he makes that tackle right there. Him and, him and McCordy stuff him. They get the ball back and probably win that game. And so th- those are the things. And shit, that they, they finished eleven and six. They're tied with the Bills <laughs> at eleven and six. Now the Bills, I'm assuming, I think had the tiebreaker anyways. It wouldn't have mattered. But, but it was just one of those things where it's like, if they finished eleven and six last year, right? And of course, you know, other games could have gone different ways. The Miami game, first game of the season. Oh, by the way, Damian Harris fumbles. Game's over. Game's over. The running field goal range it down by two. Damian Harris fumbles. They lose the game. Right. So. It's one of those things where you start to look at it and say, like, okay, yeah, they're flawed. They're not the best team in the league. They're not winning the Super Bowl this year, but they're a lot better than seven and ten, yeah, six and eleven, which is what some people predicted them at. And I just don't, I, I don't, I don't see how they're doing that. So, I think the Patriots are going to be, again, right. I've said it before. I'm going to continue saying it. I think Monday morning, people are going to wake up and be like, what the hell happened? I thought we were rid of these stupid Patriots and they keep winning. Like what is going on? Right. And, uh, you know, I thought their offense sucked and I thought the defense was slow and they lost a ton of players and no, they look okay. And so people are going to be pissed on Monday morning and I can't wait for it. Yeah. That's the thing because this game is such a thing where it's, Say if New England wins this game, it's going to be, oh, my God, what happened to Miami? Miami did this. Miami did that. Da, 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 da. Like, it was two of the right guys. It Was it, like, in there? And this is especially, too, as if uh, Kansas City does beat Arizona fairly clean. But if New England loses, that's the thing I'm just going to say. I'm preparing people for that. I'm preparing you, Patriots Nation, for this. If they lose, it's not going to be, oh, this, this, this. It is what it is. Two other games last year as well. Remember, they were a field goal, just like a field goal being this close to the fleet to the right, to beating the Buccaneers. Right. To beating Tampa. Yep. And a play that I go back and watch often. Remember, they hung tough with the Dallas Cowboys last year and nearly beat them. But as soon as they didn't get their possession in overtime and they had to punt, I knew they were losing that game. Yeah. But, they should have never punted. They yep. should have never punted. They got fourth and one at the 50. You're not stopping them. You're not. So just go for it. You're going to lose either way. Like, it's just like, you know, that's that's one of those things for me that, like, you know what that Dallas team can do. And that's a situation where you go for it. And some of the stuff, I hate Brandon Staley going for it every single time on fourth time drives me crazy. But the analytics, so Pat. It's, and I know. And listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a math teacher. I'm in favor of analytics. But I also feel like there's a flow of the game, right? So, you have to be judicious with your decisions. Yes, I'm going to follow the stat sheet. That's fine. But also, like, maybe I shouldn't follow the stat sheet, right? Maybe I should just say, you know what? No, this time, 
This time I'm going to I'm going to follow the flow of the game, right? Because the game isn't played on paper. If it were, I would just go with the stats every time, but it's not. Right? And the same thing there where you look at it and say, "Okay, it's fourth and one or fourth and two, whatever they had there around midfield." If we don't get it, we're probably going to lose. And but at the same time, the analytics say in that situation they say go for it. And I honestly, I don't even care what the analytics say in that point. Like, you know what Dallas has been doing to you all game long. You can't stop him. You haven't been able to stop him. You just got to go for it and try to win the game there. And if you don't, then you don't. You know what I mean? But you just, like, you're in overtime already. You just got to go for it. And so th- that's some of the stuff where, and I I do think, I and I, I could be totally wrong. I do think that Belichick has intentionally done this, where he has pulled away from the analytics where everyone was going for it. Now, remember now when no one was going for it, he was going for it all the time. And I feel like he's almost trying to zig when everyone else zags. So now everyone's going for it. Now he's not going for it. And I think he's doing it intentionally, whether it's going to work or not, we'll see, but, but it kind of throws a wrinkle into the plans. If you're not going for it and they're like, well, wait a second, you're supposed to go for that. And he's like, no, I'm not going for it. And they're like, well, you just screwed up my analytics, <laughs> right? Because the, the idea is that you're doing the same thing. The other team is doing so anyways, I don't know whether that's going to impact very much, but, you know, that was kind of my theory last year just because I was like, why is he being so, so conservative? conservative where, he, where he usually isn't, you know? So, um, so I don't know. We'll see. By the way, I'm a little I'm a little distracted because I'm getting flamed by people right now on Twitter because uh, Miguel just called me out for being wrong apparently a few days ago. I said something. I said that I said that the, uh, the Bucks cleared more cap space for, with the with the with the uh, Shaq Mason trade than the Patriots did, but what's interesting is that Adam Schefter said they cleared over seven million dollars in cap space. Patriots cleared about seven million dollars in cap space. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll take a shot at being, you know, I think they cleared like six point three or something. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll take a shot that the Bucks cleared more than six point three. Well, Miguel apparently says that the Bucks only cleared four million dollars in cap space this year, not six million dollars in cap space. So I'm like, well. What do, you, what do you want me to do? It's Adam Schefter. You want me to just not believe Adam Schefter? Like, I'm sorry. Like, what do you, what do you want me to say here? But, yeah, people are, oh, you're an idiot. Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, shut up. Stop. Shut up, like, Pat's cat. You know. So, um, no, no, I will never tell Miguel to shut up, ever. Like, Miguel is the, for a freaking genius. Like, I, that, that's not on him. It's no? just people like, oh, this is like talk radio crap. I'm like, dude, stop it. Just stop. Just, just cut it out. Like, it's just not, you know. Oh, you were wrong. Oh, Adam Schefter was wrong. Not me. Don't blame me. Blame Adam Schefter. So basically with the sports media guys in Boston, there's Pat's pulpit, all the guys there. There's the guys who I'm still not sure if they're with Pat's pulpit still, like with, uh, cause I know Keegan obviously worked his ass off. Now he's at Nesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ryan, I saw is doing stuff too. Now with uh, basically took over Evan Lazar's role. Yeah. Kind of at CLNS. Not, not quite. He's not really full-time over there, but he is helping out. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he's helping out there. Then there's the rest of the guys that are cool, like the Phil Perry's, the Zach Cox's. Um, I'm trying to think of some other names. Uh, Kahari Thompson, I think, is the guy's name I want to. Yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie, Kyrie Thompson. Thompson. He's he's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. Kyrie. There's those guys. There's like, I'll give Zoe credit because Zoe he's still there. Then there's guy. Well, like there's also Mike Reese who's on another level on his own. Levin Reed, etc. And there's ten feet of crap. And then there's guys like Felger. So I'm just gonna say that with Boston right now. Right. That's how the pecking order goes. And also, too, if you see me being distracted, it's because Josh Allen's doing Josh Allen things oh, while bad for Bill's thing, good for me for fantasy because I'm a I'm in five leagues right now. So it's like him and Gabriel Davis and my Rams plus two and a half picks looking really bad right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two questions. One involves you and I. One involves you. One okay. for you is are you replacing the Chase Winovich jersey, yes or no? Already done. Oh. Already done. Yep, I did it. I did it middle of the year last year. Got myself a Christian Barmore, uh, blue Christian Barmore jersey. So that's already been replaced before Winovich was traded. Had our, I already took care of that. I, yeah, Barmore showed up. I'm like, this dude's a man. I got, I need that jersey. So, so I got it. I got that mid year. Nice. And I think with me, I, when I was talking about it off air, I want to get a retro. I was thinking, it was like I was thinking, like randomly, David Andrews was a guy I thought just you know give the big boys some love, Hunter Henry. But the player that's really been sticking out to me lately, I may go Kendrick Bourne. I don't know yet though. I'm gonna wait and see when I get down there and see what everything's like. But the other question that I have that involves you and I, I'm gonna let you go first because I'm that's the kind of guy I am. 
a Patriots hot take for this year. It may come true. It may not come true. I have one that I've tweeted about and I've said on the show before, but I want to see a, like a, a take or an opinion you have that you hope to see happen or you can see happen. It can include the train that you're on right now that you're still on. You're still on that train. Yep. The most surprising guy you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to be train Nixon. It's my guy. Love him. Love him to death. Maybe next year, but not this year. Um, so I, I mean, I think the most surprising guy to me, um, so many, but I think, um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with my boy, Marcus Jones, my, my one and only draft crush from this year, my one true draft crush, right? For those, for those of you out there that don't know my mock draft 1.0, which released, I think the, like the, went the, the week before the Super Bowl. At pick 85, I had the Patriots drafting Marcus Jones, cornerback from Houston. In April, pick 85, Marcus Jones, cornerback from Houston. So nailed that one. Uh, I did one draft thread all offseason. It was on Marcus Jones. I just, I freaking love this kid. Love him. And I think what you're going to see now, I think you're going to see him a decent amount on Sunday. And the reason why is because they're moving John Jones outside. And I think it's a good decision because, you know, we've been talking about them getting faster and more athletic on defense. And they're trying to do the same thing offensively, but them getting faster and more athletic on defense because you just can't compete, right? They went against the Bills. You just couldn't compete. And Isaiah, uh, um, not Isaiah McKenzie, Isaiah McKenzie. Well, I guess I'll say Isaiah McKenzie torched Miles Bryant all over the field, just all over the field. And Miles Bryant couldn't stick with him. And I like Miles Bryant. I think he's a good little player. But he doesn't, that's not who he is. He can't stick that guy one-on-one. He can't do it. Marcus Jones can. He has the athletic ability to do that. Now, again, does he have the technique to do it? He's still a rookie. It's a, But he was pretty damn impressive in training camp. So, you know, and he had it. He's got some, he has some growing pains. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a, of, a, of a challenge at times for him. But I think the Jones brothers, between him and Jack Jones, I think they're going to have a bigger impact on the defense than people are expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing those two guys play. Marcus is like, he's my guy, man. He's my guy. I just think, and he's so electric with the ball in his hands when he's, when he's doing punt returns. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited to watch him play. I love it. The other draft crush I know of yours is Leo Chanel, but it seems like whenever you have another draft crush, they always end up at the Kansas City Chiefs. <sighs> yep, um, second year in a row. Yep. <laughs> My one crazy take, I don't know if it's going to come true. I had a mild one, but yeah, no, I'm just going to go with my crazy one. Is that Kendrick Bourne is a thousand yard receiver this year? That's my crazy take for 2022. That's my crazy take. I think this is the year you finally see him get unleashed because Bourne blessed is what this podcast lives off of. It's just, that's a model he does. I love it. Um, I I feel like this team too, as well. I'm going, my, this is my DD brain acting up. This team seems less like like more. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm I, I follow the team more, the guys who cover the team more, or talk about them more with guys like you or other Patriots uh, content creators on here. Yeah, but I feel like the team's a little bit more loosey looser now when it comes to like certain stuff off the field and whatnot, and like just having fun at practice. And it's not always like you know military style esque. But at the same time, too, I'm going to say this. I know we were saying about the pressure earlier. Is it a bad thing that I don't exactly like the whole there's not a crazy amount of pressure on them this year, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like a weight lifted off our shoulders. Yeah, it's nice. I agree. I I don't think it's crazy at all. I think it's nice. You know, there, there is no, there is no, you have to win now. Now, listen, Bob, Robert Kraft, you know, he said it like I, you know, we we're here to win playoff games. We're not here to make the playoffs. We had to win playoff games. We haven't won a playoff game in three years and he's not wrong, but, at the same time, you also have to understand that, like, we're not we're not guaranteed to win right now, right? Yeah. And, and we're we're rebuilding. And and listen, Kraft called Bill on the carpet a little bit and said, "Listen, our drafts haven't been good enough. We haven't done enough, right?" And he's not he's right. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's right. But if these last few years now, you know, you're starting to get some talent in, and so by the end of this year, I think that I think you're going to see that. And then next year, you might see some of that pressure come back on. But this year, no, it's not. If the Patriots get swept by the Bills, nobody's going to care. No one's going to be, oh, my God, you know, that that's crazy. I can't believe that happened. 
they're going to laugh about it. Probably they're going to try to rub the Patriots, rub the Patriots' faces in it. Sure, but they're not going to say, "Oh, the Patriots, what a what a disappointment this year. They got swept by the Bills." If the Patriots beat right, if the Patriots beat the Bills, one of these two games, people are going to look at the Bills and say, "Wait a second, you can't beat the Patriots." Okay, hey. I mean, you said you're the number one, you're the top dog in the in the AFCs, and you still can't beat the Patriots. What's what's going what's up with that, right? So, the pressure's all on the other teams, especially the Bills this year, not so much on the Patriots. And I think it's a good thing. It's like the same people who say that the Bills would have swept the Patriots last year if it weren't for the weather, but that's really not an excuse. I mean, it was just that. If you want a masterclass of how good of a coach Bill Belichick is, it was them winning that freaking football game. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also too for other stuff as well of how good this offense can be. I feel like people forget about the Damian Harris. Oh, that was an ugly interception by Matt Stafford. Oh my Matthew goodness. Stafford hashtag stinks. That was a bad interception. By stinks. Stafford. I'm sorry, but I just don't believe. I don't believe in Matthew Stafford. I just don't. Yeah, I don't think. I know he. I know he did well last year. I don't. I don't believe the hype. Yeah, but. I'm going to say this right now, and I always say this about the Bills. They find ways to get guys paid. I think it's going to be really tough to get Jordan Poyer paid. The kid is – hes I don't know what he has to do to get a new contract in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll that stay. could be the one that walks. That could be the one that walks, in yeah. my opinion. Well, you, I mean, Josh. Josh's big contract kicks in next year, right? So yeah. you're going to have to find money somehow, right? Austin Knox might, too. He might be the one. So, um, But, you know. What are you going to do? Greg did discuss a bit of the cap stuff with us a lot when he was on a couple weeks ago, just basically going over because he does a lot of the cap. He does a lot of cap work with the Bills. And basically what he did happened and then he snapped his fingers and then the Dawson Knox extension happened yesterday. But that's just the one thing I wanted to say about that when I saw that. And I was thinking about Jordan Poyer and how he's not getting paid. Um, But with the game December 1st, I look at that game as it would be great to win just because we're in the red throwbacks, but also too is because Kirk Herbstreet is calling our game, and that's just chef's kiss, something we were robbed of in 2020. Thank you very much, COVID. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's that's the basic of it. Of it. Um, the only other thing I'll say this year is for a successful season, in my opinion, is basically, I think, you know, you know how Bills is Super Bowl or bust? I think Patriots would be making it to the divisional round of the playoffs. I think if they were to win a if you win in the wild card round, and I think it'd be, they, I think it'd be a they, great season. You win the wild card, it'd be a great season. They win the wild card round, they could get their asses kicked forty-seven to seventeen again, and have the Bills score on seven drives. I think it would be a successful season. That's yeah. that is something I am here to say right now. I know it sounds crazy, but for a team with limited expectations and everyone thinking that they're going to suck out of nowhere, no, that that I agree with. I think it would be very successful for them to win a playoff game. You know, I, I don't know if they have the talent to do that, no. but I think they have the talent to make the playoffs. I just think for me, you know, you talk about Super Bowl bust, right? To me, it's 500 a bust, right? It's yeah. you got to win nine games. You got to win at least nine games. You got to finish over 500. I think anything less than that would be a disappointment um, because I just, I think that this team is talented enough to get there. I think by the end of the season, you're going to start seeing some things and you're going to start saying like, okay, like this is the team that we're looking for. Cause remember now they were really good for a while last year and they came off that late by and they sucked. They were terrible after that late by last year. So, you know, the question then becomes like, all right, can they continue it going? Right. And starts out. This is why I think the Miami game is so important because you play Miami. Okay. If you win down in Miami, then you go to Pittsburgh, and I know Pittsburgh's got a good defense, but it's Mitch flipping Trubisky. Like, you can't lose to Mitch Trubisky. I'm sorry. You just you can't. So if they start out 2-0, and now, you, of course, it's a tough game, right? You get the next two tough games, right, against against Baltimore and against, uh, against uh, pa- the Packers. I get that. Then they but, went for me. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice, right? And then, And then it's Detroit. Like, come on. So like so that's the so that's the thing. Like then you have that stretch. After those first four games, you got a little stretch there. You got like six, seven, eight games that you can that are winnable games, and then you end with a really tough stretch with Buffalo twice and Arizona and Cincinnati's in there. And you know what I mean? So so it's like it's tough, right? That's gonna be a tough road at the end of the season. So it's like, you know, you have to win those games. And if you can win this Miami game, that might be the difference between ten ten and seven and nine and eight. Right, like that might be the difference right there because, you know. So we'll see. 
we'll see what happens. But I just I do think that um, that it's a big game for them this Sunday, and I think getting off, getting started on the right foot would be great. And just just to hear all of those pundits all Monday, eat crow, just be like, uh, what happened? The Dolphins suck, right? Because that would be the backtrack. Uh, it's not the Patriots or the Dolphins; they stink. And you know, so like. Uh, I guess the Dolphins aren't as good as we thought they were, and and it will all be about the Dolphins, and then uh, yeah, and the Patriots look good too. Like it'll just that's what it will be. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I, 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 uh, I'm hopeful that they go down to Miami and get the, get a win. I am too. I am too. I think this is just this is just out of yeah. This team's just too good. Jesus, they Christ. score again. Yep, it's thirty to. It's thirty to ten. This team's this team's fine, legit. I hate it. Um, Yikes! Oh, Diggs, fifty three, huh? Oof. Yeah. Um, the thing I'm gonna say is, oh my god, I'm distracted by that. So my record for them right now is nine and eight. I think that's a successful season. I think it's one of those yeah. weird things where it's like, you know, hey, yeah, I could see a world where New England's nine and eight, Miami's ten and seven, reverse roles from last year. But I always remember last year, too, where there was that tough stretch where it was like, you know, Chargers, Browns, Titans. And I'm like, that's a stretch where it worries me. That's a stretch where they do well. So there's a weird world where I feel like because the Patriots tend to do these kind of things, like where they'll lose those unexpected games, like lose to, say, the Bears or lose to, like, the Browns. But then they beat Arizona on Monday Night Football. They beat the Bengals on Christmas Eve. There's just that weird kind of feeling that I get when it comes to those, like, kind of teams and games and stuff. So like, I feel like we both agree with the whole nine. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like for this team still eight and nine is like worst case scenario. And I would say 10 and seven or maybe 11 and six is best case scenario. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they, if they did better than 11 and six, 11 and six is, would be tough to get to. Yeah, and if they hit, if they hit 11 and six, I'd be like, Whoa, that was, that was really unexpected. Right. It's going to take some guys really taking that next step. Right. Max going to really be like a top, five to 10 quarterback in the NFL and you'd be like, holy crap, like he's legit, legit. Right. And so, uh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just, it would just be very unlikely. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying like 11 and six is like, you know, that ceiling, that absolute, yeah. you reach the ceiling. And I think the floor is eight and nine, that middle of nine or 10 wins, I think is the, what's very realistic for this team. Um, before I go quickly, and because you're a part of this league, I'm just gonna, I didn't do this in the last episode, which I apologize for, but I'm going to quickly go over week one matchups in the YWC football talk Ooh, fantasy it. league. You obviously have Pat and I, like I said, week one opponents, which I, I'm i looking kind of you're, weak right you're now. You're crushing it right now with Allen Robinson with this okay. 1.7 points. One point. It's lovely. And then we have, but my name is the commissions here. Pat is still Pat's perfect team. Then we have. I got to change that. It's all good. Then we have Bobby Gross, who's named the acclaimed, up against Danny, who is my name is Jeff, or son, or son is in bracket is uh, brackets. Matt that's who is taking on Andy McNamara of Sportsnet of the Dog Pound North. Jo- the one Bills fan whose team is loaded with Bills, who's killing it right now, is Joe's genius team taking on my buddy Matt, who's Orthodox Judy. Love it. And then the last two ones is Jonathan Taylor Thomas Fangirl. Taking on Hunter Hurst Henry. Some pretty, some pretty solid team names there. There are, there are. We'll just have to get, we'll get the other two fixed. Don't we? We're not worried about. It. We'll get the other two fixed and we'll go from there. But yeah, you know what? I'm going to say this for Pats fans quickly out there. It's going to be a fun ride. I think there's going to be some, there's going to be some rocky moments. There's going to be some highs. There's going to be some lows. Yeah. But the only thing I'm going to say is, folks, don't panic, and it's going to be better than 2020. I mean, yeah, right? At least we got that going for us. Can't be worse than that, you know? And we have the guy. We have the guy. Like, yeah. at, no matter what, we have the guy. Mac is the guy. He is. And so if you have the guy, then everything else is okay. And so this year, hopefully we win 10 games. But even if we don't, we still got the guy, right? And so, like, you know, we're in a better position than half the teams in the league because they're still looking for the guy. And so, you know, that's one of those things for me that, okay, yeah, fine. Obviously, we want, you know, we want them to do well and be competitive, but, like, we have a quarterback that's going to be good for us, and we know that. And so we're in a better position than a lot of teams are right now. And who knows, maybe if 9-8 and eight or if it is a disappointing season, maybe a Will Anderson or a Smith and Jake Buzz in our futures for uh, 
I wouldn't hold. I wouldn't hold my breath about the number one overall pick, Will Anderson. Ooh. But, <laughs> but Smith and Jigwa, maybe, maybe he drops out of the top ten. But, but Will Anderson's going number one, I would think. It's it's a smart pick. It's a smart pick. I just say that jokingly. I'm not going into the season thinking that. No. Nah, um, yeah. But you know what? It's been fun. Yes, fun. Sir. I think the dog barking is kind of a yeah, cue to wrap up here. But folks, this is episode. This has been, excuse me, episode 179 of YWC Football Talk. Now on the Dean Blundell Network podcast family. Pat, thank you very much for joining by. And folks, Patriots fans especially, yeah. it's going to be a good year. Don't worry about nothing. Ignore the pundits, except the Boston local ones who are the smart ones and the guys at Pat's pulpit. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.